Welcome to Staying Connected, a podcast where I talk to other people about their stories with feds or vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Staying Connected. This is your host, Katie, and before we get into the show, I want to remind you that the views, information, and opinions in these podcasts are those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of the Marfan Foundation. The Marfan Foundation is not responsible for and does not verify for accuracy any of the information contained in them, nor does the information constitute medical or other professional advice or services. This show is not produced by or affiliated with the Marfan Foundation or the VEDS movement. In the last interview on October 9th, we talked to Ashley Rose Marish, who lives in Denver, Colorado, and shared her and her family's story with VEDS. Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Melissa Russo, a high-risk obstetrician and geneticist who's been very involved with the VEDS community and is working to make a difference for us. Melissa has really become part of our VEDS family, and I'm so grateful for her involvement and everything she does to help us. Thank you so, so much, Melissa. Okay, everyone, let's go ahead and go to the interview. So Katie and I have been talking and um, I just wanted to put out there in the beginning of this interview that during this interview, I may say pregnant women, um, but I want you know, to know that I really want to be inclusive of pregnant people or that identify um, however he, she, they, them, um, all people um, I, I want to be respectful and um, tell you that I think anyone should be empowered if they want to have a child um, and to be identified who they are. Um, that's, that's important to me as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today to share your experience and your expertise and really just more about yourself and how you got involved with the VEDS community. My pleasure. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Sure. Um, so my name is Melissa Russo, and um, I am a physician. I am a high-risk obstetrician and also a geneticist, and I've been involved in the VEDS community since, I think, I don't know. I think it started earlier than I was it started when I was in fellowship, but um, I officially, I think, became involved with the VEDS Collaborative in 2017. Thank you so much. And how did you, how did you get involved? Like, how did you first end up with us in the VEDS Collaborative? Um, I think it was sort of a serendipitous uh, opportunity where I moved for my first job to um, Houston and I worked at Texas Children's and I became friends and colleagues with uh, Shane Morris who is a pediatric cardiologist who also sort of specializes in connective tissue disorders and aortopathy and I worked there with her um, and then uh, I got introduced to Shireen Shaloub who is running the VEDS Collaborative and you know, I've at that point was interested in um, helping women that have these conditions sort of think about pregnancy and reproductive options. 
And so Shireen started this collaborative, which involves patients and physicians and everybody sort of interested in beds. Um, and that's how I uh, came into this community. And we're really, I'm really grateful to have you. I can't speak for everybody, but I know that I am personally very grateful to have you involved in this community. So share a little bit about what you do now. So I spend time, I mean, clinically, I see people with high-risk pregnancies. My research is focused on women with all different types of genetic conditions where they have a risk of vascular dissection, beds being one of them. And um, so right now, I mean, with the research, I mean, I am passionate about that, but that's I this baby that I've sort of been working on since I was a fellow, I got a very generous grant from the Marfan Foundation. And now we are currently working on getting detailed information on women. Um, VEDS is included in that. Um, so that's something I'm working on right now. Um, but I think, you know, being involved in the VEDS community for me is more than just research. Um, research is really important and I do see myself and identify as a researcher, but I also see myself as a friend and a support. And I mean, I have such a unique opportunity that I get to talk to women all over the country through people in the VEDS community um, when they are thinking about having a baby or they're pregnant and, you know, just to have them share their experience with me, I think is really a blessed thing and um, really just trying to help them do the best through whatever situation they're dealing with. Um, I am a gynecologist by training. And so I do also get a lot of questions about things in the realm of gynecology, which is not my strong suit anymore, but um, just to be totally honest with people, but uh, <laughs> I pull in my friends um, to help deal with things like uh, irregular bleeding or people thinking about what type of contraception they want to get or birth control, I should say. Um, I feel like there's just a lot of things that uh, we don't have a lot of information in the community. And so it's a lot of just thinking and hypothesizing right now to try to help people, which is exciting, but also really exciting for new and better things that we can do um, to help people. So. So what have you found, like when you work with people with VEDS and even related conditions, you know, I know you mentioned like that is really more than just research to you. It's being part of the community. It's being a friend. Is there anything that's been super impactful about the VEDS community that you want to share? I do. Um, I, you know, there's certain, I don't, I want to protect people's privacy and not really mention, even though people are very, I think, vocal in the community. Um, You know, I've gotten to know some people of uh, moms who have lost their children and, um, you know, just hearing them and just hearing about their experience and how they've um, dealt with the pain and moved it to this place where they're really trying to help people, I think is really inspiring to me. Um, 
seeing people at these at meetings um, now at Zoom calls, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where you just you see people every day just living with these conditions, and I think right now is a really electric and exciting time and hopeful time for people. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, I think now in 2021, like, like a hundred times more than there was like three or four years ago, which I think is really exciting. And I hope hopeful for people, um, which I think is, is, is wonderful um, in terms of like mouse research that's going on and, you know, clinical research and things like that. Um, and I mean, I think the other thing too is, um, you know, as a physician, we've all experienced loss and um, things like that. But in the past year, um, I I lost a friend that had this condition and that it's different. And it's and not that I don't care uh about people, but I mean, somebody that was very passionate and inspiring and I got to know him and his wife and they had a whole life ahead of him. And then, um, he, he passed away this past, I mean, it was, um, I remember where I was and when I found out and, um, just stuff like that for for him like it makes me um I want to do better and I want to help more people because I know that's what he was trying to do and um mm -hmm. you know I, I again like experiencing that loss I think it's it's hard and some people may not want to be part of a community because there is loss within it but it is also really um inspiring because I think so many people are much more than their condition you know like you know, I, I see you for example as Katie like I don't see you as female I forget how old you are with <laughs> you know I mean I think I think that's one dimension to people and it defines a lot of your life but I think that there are so many other beautiful things that you guys bring. And, and um, I think it's just, of course, I want to help sort of help people with these conditions and use my skill set to do that. But, um, you know, I mean, I, on a personal level, I feel very connected to this community and more so recently um, mm -hmm. with, with, that, with that experience. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that yeah. there have been people in this community that have been very impactful to me too. And it is really hard losing, losing friends with VEDS. And yeah. it's, um, for me, like it just, I have to keep going, you know, like I don't want their loss to be, I don't know. I don't think wasted is the right word, but you know, I don't, I don't want their loss to mean nothing or be forgotten. I want to continue what they were trying to do and raise awareness mm -hmm. and get us closer to where we have a treatment or a cure. And it's really wonderful having doctors like you in our community that are just so passionate about it and right there with us. Like it just feels like you're right in it with me. And I appreciate that thanks. so much. Yeah. Well, thanks. yeah. Do you want to talk about your, um, your research that you're doing? Like what is your 
What is your primary research goal or what inspires your research? Yeah, I mean, so uh, this 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 current grant that we're working on is um, we have it's constantly growing, which is wonderful in that I'm doing this sort of systematically with I now have seven institutions, but I just had a phone call and two more institutions are actually going to join where we're sort of collecting information based on you know, cardiologist lists or people that have been seen and had pregnancies at that institution, um, which with a bunch of different conditions, um, Marfan syndrome, Loisdeet syndrome, vascular EDS, EDS, where they have aortic dilation Turner syndrome, and then the hereditary aortic dissection um, genes. And anyways, the doctors, and we have a lot of different levels working on this project, which is really awesome too, because I think it's hopefully inspiring the next generation to be passionate about this. We have medical students and um, fellows helping to work on this project. And I think a bunch of us around the country are really just passionate about this. You know, it's, it's a smaller group of people that have these conditions, but sort of gathering information that hasn't really been done before. There's been uh, research studies done before where they gather groups of people, um, but the the questions I think have been more about what is the effect of pregnancy overall Mm -hmm. in terms of lifespan or looking at just like big outcomes in pregnancy where, you know, I look at things with a little bit of a different eye because I am an obstetrician. And so trying to gather a lot of really detailed uh, data to try to figure out questions like what is the best way to deliver people with these conditions? Is it a C-section or a vaginal delivery? When is the best time? Mm-hmm. What is the best anesthesia? Um, and then we're asking questions that really hasn't been asked yet as a first step in this cohort to ask about birth control, which I think is a really important thing because some women, you know, consciously choose to not have children. Um, and I think that we need to have more information because some of the types of birth control have hormones. We think maybe hormones are the culprit or part of the reason that pregnancy is this higher risk time, but we don't know. And there's a lot of good uh, birth control options out there. And there's expert opinions saying sort of conflicting things for women. And then you're left in this situation where you're trying to do the best thing for yourself. Um, but there's not really a lot of great options out there for you. And so I struggle with those questions a lot clinically. And so I really want to move forward to have more data looking at that. And so this study, we're going to be interviewing some women from this as well. And so I think that's going to give us a lot of rich data and things we don't have information on, like breastfeeding and talking about people's mental status during their pregnancies and talking about what kind of birth control did you use and sort of what other things do you want us to study and know about pregnancy, sort of leaving that as an open-ended question. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, there are so many questions that are unanswered there. And you're, you're right. It's not just about what happens during pregnancy. It's how to how to manage it, like how to with all of those pieces that you just mentioned. It's as somebody with VEDS, 
you know, I've experienced that challenge of like, do I take birth control? Do I not take birth control? Like, how am I not going to get pregnant? Or, you know, just the options yeah. seem very limited without much data and everything is scary. So yes. <laughs> but like, it's really great that you're doing that research and hopefully it, the outcome is that it is less scary, that we have a better like data backed plan for right. how to approach these things. How right. long is that research enrolling for? And if somebody listening wants to get involved, um, can they, and how do they do that? Yeah. So, um, this current study is going to be going until December, 2021. But it is, it's not, it's right now, it's a retrospective study, meaning that we are gathering information from specific institutions across the country. So it's not patient uh, centered, but I think we've all been talking about it. And I think moving forward, the goal is to, with all these people that are now excited about this research, continue to move um, forward and we're going to move this into a forward study and there's going to be an option there to enroll I think if, from anywhere and I want to make it more patient um, orient like we're going to collect from institutions but then if there's patients or people sorry and other places then um, we are happy to enroll and then I have another colleague who's interested in um birth control, but she's um, actually interested in kids that are like growing up in an ICU with chronic conditions and their birth control methods. So anyways, we're going to develop a different survey for people because I want to also look at people who choose not to have children and what their experiences are really focusing on a birth control study. So I think that hopefully will be starting in a year or so. Um, I think we're talking, so we're starting talks uh, as we uh, tape this podcast in late June, early July, we're starting, we have a, a conversation and meeting in July. So I'm hoping that in July, like 2020, we'll be starting that new study. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing like how that plays out because I do think it's just so important, really. Yeah. And it's such yeah. a, historically, it just seems like, I think I've heard you say this before, you know, the, the thought was if you have VEDs, don't get pregnant. And if you do get pregnant, like, don't see me. Like it just has been very much, I think I heard you say that once and it was just like, yeah, you're right. Like that is exactly what I feel like it's like out here. And yeah, it's a scary place to be. And when you don't have, you know, you don't feel like you have options with birth control either. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember so I trained at Hopkins for all of my, you know, residency fellowships, everything like that. And I worked with Pal Dietz. And I remember multiple times where I, I'm glad I was there because, you know, they see a lot of people in their clinics. And, you know, before, you know, Susie goes off to college, <laughs> let's talk about birth control. Mm -hmm. And how about you see Melissa, who's a... Uh, <laughs> a fellow <laughs> uh, just to talk about birth control options where I'm, you know, like, well, there's not really any data to know. I don't, I mean, here's what you can do as, and I, you know, was super early in my career giving advice to women. And, um, you know, we early on used to, I mean, I think say, 
don't get pregnant and don't use any hormones, which I think left women with no options <laughs> that were really good options that are, that are uh, very effective and things like that. And I think my own counseling of patients has really changed that, you know, it's, it's now, okay, let's, let's talk about you. Let's talk about what you want. Let's talk about your body. Let's talk about your health and let's try to figure out the best thing for you because to do nothing is not really a great option because then somebody's scared every time they have sex that something's going to happen, you know, and it's, it's, you have enough scary things in life that you don't need to be scared of those things as well. Yeah. (laughs) I totally agree with that. So do you have like, um, any advice for anybody that has VEDS who's listening that might be thinking about pregnancy or going through it? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you have to get all the facts first about you and then, you know, your morals, beliefs, values, you, your partner, um, figure out what is best for you and, you know, hear the options and then find a team that is sort of aligned with you in terms of that. And it's probably going to be, you know, your cardiologist or genetics person and, um, obstetrician that they may not be an expert, but somebody that's willing to listen and to learn and, you know, work with an expert because not everybody has access to, you know, these big institutions and, you know, there's, there's lots of options. If you do want to have a child, you can do it naturally. There's now, I mean, I, I do see a lot of couples with VEDS where we sort of talk about the option of surrogacy where they, you know, that takes a lot. It's a procedure. It's a lot of medicines, it's money. Um, but they choose, they want to have their own child and another woman basically carries the pregnancy mm-hmm. with her, her genetic eggs if the woman has it, or people will do that procedure or they do the in vitro fertilization because sometimes they don't want to pass this um, genetic change on to their baby and you can sort of screen embryos for the condition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen people and talked about that. There's options for adoption, which again, are not easy and not financially easy. And it's sort of um, this whole all these processes, I think we need to become better as physicians to help people sort of navigate these different realms. Because I mean, I, I myself don't know the best places to find a surrogate and what is a good surrogate versus not a good surrogate and like the legal issues you have to go through and all of these different things. I think there's a lot of things we don't really know a lot about because we haven't necessarily gone through it. But I think whatever you choose is okay. I mean, we do think pregnancy is this higher risk time potentially if you have one of these conditions, but it's not always black and white. And I think it's really the devil's in the details, like figuring out what your mutation is and is this something that has a milder or are you on the more severe side? Because that really affects the way we would think about this as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's your choice. And I think many physicians have sort of changed the way they're talking to women 
about this. And I guess I should be, I don't want to call, let me take back everything I've been saying is women, but it, it's really women or any person that is um, carrying a child. I am trying to be inclusive of everybody that's thinking about having a child, regardless of your uh, identity. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Are there any final things that you want people in the community to know about you? I think that with everything that's happened in the world in the past year, um, medicine has become really hard and, um, there's a lot of things about my job that I don't really like right now, but I still have a really bright, warm spot anytime I have some time that I can work on these research projects. Um, and so I feel really blessed that I am able to work on this because it always is really inspiring. And um, I do love taking time out of my day to help people. It just, it makes me feel better. Um, And I hope that it helps people, but you know, I just, I get a lot out of all of this too. And it just, you know, I hope to um, continue to do that. And I hope that a lot of these things are going to make life better for women in general. And for again, pregnant persons that deal with a lot of these issues about the our anatomy, you know, that, that may not kill you, but I think it's, it sort of affects your quality of life. And, um, you know, it's really important things to, to help with. Um, and it's not, it is about the vascular system, but there's a lot of other things (laughs) that we need to think about when we're talking about people and, and really just to help people live their best lives and, and have really good quality lives. Um, I think that there's a lot of work we have left to do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I, I really appreciate everything that you have done for the vets community and for the related conditions community as well. And just the amount that you're going to continue to do. You're just, you're a very inspiring person for me. And I am just Aww. so appreciative to have you in our community. And I really do. Like, I'm I'm going back to something you said earlier about you know, not just being a researcher, like it does feel like you're here in the community with us. You're part of it. Um, even as a researcher, medical professional, you don't have VEDS yourself, but you're part of this community. And I'm just really grateful to have you on our side. Well, I'm grateful to have you. I think you've been a part of this movement, which I know this podcast is not about you, but you know, you also are somebody that's been involved in the beginning. And I, you are sort of the catalyst, I think, that's made this movement what it is. You are definitely a big part of that. So thank you for (laughs) doing what you do. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It has been really powerful to see the amount of change in the last four years since we got it has it's really if if you wrote all this down on a piece of paper and just you you put i mean it it, it's it's mind-blowing it is yeah well thank you so much for taking time out of your day today for the interview no problem and um thank you for your dedication to our community oh yeah and i hope to see you in person soon i hope so 
Thanks so much again, Melissa, for talking with me on the show. Melissa wanted me to let you know about some continuing research following this interview, so here we go. Dr. Bart Lowys is gathering information on pregnancy in Europe, and we're working on getting a self-reported survey of pregnancy outcomes for vets up in the U.S. She is also working with Dr. Shane Morris and Sarah Stevens on a perinatal and pregnancy presentation of vets study that will again be directed by patients wanting to participate from anywhere who have had children with vets regardless of whether they themselves have vets. Thirdly, they are working on also getting some pregnancy data from the VEDS Natural History Study led by Dr. Shireen Shalhoub. Thank you so much again, Melissa, for all the research you are doing and for everything you do. And thank you everyone for listening. If you like this show, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it to help us raise more awareness of VEDS. I feel like we've come so far in the last few years and I truly believe that together we can make such a big difference. This podcast and all of you means so much to me and I love you all. Be sure to subscribe to the show and stay tuned for the next episode on November 6th. We will be talking to Lise Volja Johansson, a woman living in Norway whose daughter was diagnosed with feds. Thank you so much again, and I will see you soon.